Chapter 10. Road to Renegade. They do not get rid of it soon. There are many, many scrolls and manuscripts filled with information on how to create bonds. Not just soul bonds, but ghost bonds, marriage bonds, family bonds. Sokka's fascinated by them all, but there isn't much about a soul bond itself. Maybe Zhao destroyed anything he found in this library, Katara suggests, once they learn from the owl that General Mutton Chop had been there before them. I wouldn't put it past the fucker, Zuko mutters, features etched in a scowl. Clearly, the two firebenders have a history. Driven by his innate curiosity, Sokka tentatively reaches out through their soul bond. He discovers Zuko's mental mind space is a dark miasma of hatred and something like shame. Zuko flounders a bit and hastily slams his mental barrier shut. Oh, that's new. Sokka blinks as he meets gold eyes. Zuko's scowling at him with that very familiar Prince of Rage look. But Sokka can feel the churning emotions underneath, so it's hard to take it seriously anymore. At this point, honestly, the scowl's almost endearing. Where'd you learn that? Sokka asks aloud. Meditation strengthens the mind. Zuko adopts a superior tone, and just like that, gone are his earlier feelings of goodwill. It's Sokka's turn to scowl. That's not fair! If you get a mental shield, I should get one too! It's not like it's easy to construct. Zuko snaps. It takes so much energy and focus that it's not worth it, so stop purposely prying in my head! Can't help it, Sokka mutters. He can feel the edge of their frustrations both sharpening. After trawling through several hundred pages of several different tomes, the only useful thing they learn about soul bonds is in a singular footnote that had taken Sokka's keen eye and mind to spot. Soul bonds are automatically dissolved, Sokka reads aloud. If one of the two bonded dies, this brings great agony to both parties, however, and there are not many records of those known to survive a broken soul bond with their mental state intact. Well, that's morbid, he'd commented, failing to notice how Zuko had gone tense. There's a clatter. Sokka gets the second-hand impression of alarm and determination before he sees it, and looks up to a mistrustful golden gaze. So what now? Zuko challenges, hands drawn up as his eyes flicker between the three of them. Assessing his odds for making it out of battle, Sokka realizes in a weird mix of alarm and pity, You're going to kill me? That thought hadn't even occurred to Sokka. We're not killing anyone, Aang says loudly. The firebender stares at him in clear skepticism. No killing, Aang insists. There's got to be another way. We just have to find it. But I... I don't... Zuko's brow furrows. It's three against one. You have the advantage of the full moon. I'm not at my peak strength, though I can probably still take you. Wow. Just wow. Have Zuko and self-preservation ever met? Is that a concept Zuko's even familiar with? Dude, buddy, stop digging yourself into a hole, Sokka tells him. We're not killing anyone right now. We're not about that. Zuko narrows his eyes further. Back in the North Pole, you wanted to leave me behind to die. Sokka winces at the twinge of guilt that he rapidly shoves away. Well, I was just being practical. You weren't exactly on our side, were you? You still aren't. 
he defends, hackles rising up. At the end of the day, we were enemies. We are, Zuko agrees. So being practical, killing me is the simple solution, isn't it? Spirits. Someone has to introduce this guy to the concept of keeping his mouth shut. I'm really not too wild about the potentially going mad bit, Sokka points out. I value my brains too much, thank you. The world needs this. He gestures at himself grandly. He's surprisingly pleased when Zuko huffs out a startled laugh. Sokka likes that laugh. He can't help it. It reminds him of earlier when he'd caught Zuko cradling a little spirit fox with a secretive, even littler smile that was almost sweet to look at. Sokka couldn't help but smile, too. He's used to seeing rage on Zuko's features, the scarring on his face making a scowl far more suited to the firebender than lighter expressions. So to see the rare moments of amusement or an actual smile on his face so prone to fury is rare, and almost precious in its rarity. And fine, Sokka's not above admitting to himself that it feels good that he's the only one to have consistently managed to make it happen between the three of them. It's a power trip, for sure, making the grouchy little prince of the Fire Nation smile. That's a dangerous line of thought, and Brain shouldn't be allowed to think if they're going to think that way, so Sokka shoves it. Are you thinking of killing me? Sokka asks pointedly instead, reversing the hands given to him. Katara's eyes suddenly have a murderous look about them, which, whoops, but Zuko only blinks. He honestly looks like the thought hasn't even crossed his mind. And it hasn't. And Sokka knows this for sure, because he's in Zuko's head if he ever wants to dip in, right? So why would you think I'd want to? Sokka asks. Give us some credit, buddy. It wouldn't be honorable. He adds. Zuko doesn't respond to that. Instead, the firebender closes his eyes, and all that Sokka is feeling from him now is a miasma of doubt and misery and disbelief. He wants to ask, but Aang's already speaking. The air nomads believed in peace and not raising a hand against another human in anything but defense, Aang's saying. I don't have much else of my culture, other than their teachings. I won't sacrifice it for this. At the very least, I can. Gray, puffin-seal eyes find Zuko. Honor them this way. Oh, Agni, Zuko thinks. Ozai is going to eat this kid alive. It's frightening to realize that he's not sure he's okay with that anymore. Well, that was solidly useless, Sokka concludes, shutting his book with a solid thwap. After all the trouble we took to get here, too. What now? Unlike Zuko's barely constructed mental shield, it takes a whole lot more energy and focus than he'd like to admit. Sokka's thoughts come in without a filter. There's still not a single bit of ill intent in his thoughts. Zuko doesn't understand it. Azula would have killed him without even considering an alternative. It would have been a practical decision on her end. She would have been the first to take any advantage to ensure her own survival. Sokka had said it to himself. Practical. Yet the thought doesn't translate to action. We're not about that. Give us more credit. It troubles Zuko because it clashes completely with what he's been taught. That the water tribe are savages. That the air nomads were backwards barbaric people. Yet these people, his enemies, have demonstrated nothing of that expected savagery. Only that they are prone to childish antics. 
The moral compass, their honor, is strong. Better than some of Zuko's own countrymen, Zuko thinks, remembering Zhao and his ubiquitousness and his slimy hands. If what Zuko had been taught hadn't been accurate, what else is he wrong about? Deep thoughts don't suit Zuko, and it's just as well, because then, like a demon summoned, the little sister that's been madly plaguing his thoughts is there, cackling madly. Except, she's not so little anymore, but infinitely crueler and colder, the perfect mini-copy of Ozai, who had apparently, after sitting on the throne for three years, chosen now to send her to kill Zuko. "'You have a sister?' Katara demands in outrage, before she's swiftly drawn into battle with the Fire Nation entourage. Azula! Zuko can't believe it. He cannot believe it. What are you doing here? Making it so that I become an only child, Azula cackles. And then she shoots a playful fireball at him. Zuko knows it's playful, and that Azula's still toying with them, because he's been on the receiving end of her warm-ups before. This is familiar. What's new is the color of the flames, searingly, painfully hot blue. Azula has always been a prodigy. The Avatar is crying out something. The roof of the library is creaking all around them, bits of sand falling in like the ominous promise of a very uncomfortable and unwanted burial. Zuko has no idea where anything is, only Sokka's glowing presence near his. There's a lot of shouting and chaos as Zuko tries to dispel Azula's flames, and realizes that even after all these years, he's still woefully nowhere near her league. And to his horror, his own flames come out as nothing but little specks, like Zuko's the seven-year-old late bloomer again. What's going on? Why can't I bend? Rough hands are on him suddenly, and Zuko lets out a gasp as he's shoved back. Sokka grabs him by the front of his shirt and slams him against the wall, blue eyes blazing. Did you do this? I, what? Did you call your sister here? Sokka hissed. Send a message when we weren't looking? Purposefully get us to drop our guards so you can capture Aang? Zuko's so stunned by the accusation and the sudden change in demeanor that he takes a second too long to reply. Sokka slams him into the wall again, driving an inadvertent cry out of Zuko. Well, did you? The soul bond between them is sparking furiously and going haywire clearly disliking this intense negativity between the two soul-bonded. Unnatural, it seems to whisper. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Sokka's grip is tight and suffocating like a man possessed, digging into Zuko with a strength he didn't realize the Water Tribe boy had in him. It brings back memories in Zuko's mind, things he'd long buried, choking under the hold of shadowed features, desperately struggling against much larger hands, and it's... it's too much. Zuko can't breathe. Sokka lets go of him abruptly, and Zuko falls to his knees gasping. With breath comes clarity, and Zuko rallies quickly, scrambling back. No, I didn't. Zuko snaps, hating how pathetically weak his voice sounds. Father would have smacked him. I didn't do anything. I didn't call her here. I haven't been in contact with her for three whole years. Blue eyes study his furiously. Zuko meets them with defiance, bearing his mind open for the other boy to see everything if he wanted. But whatever Sokka's looking for, he finds in his eyes, because he gives a curt nod. All right. No apologies come with it, Zuko notes resentfully, 
shuddering at the phantom bruises he still feels on his throat from much larger hands. Sokka grimaces, both defensive and begrudgingly contrite. I had to be sure, Sokka explains in lieu of an actual apology, because we're soul-bonded, and if she's tracking us because of you, then there's no point in me going with Aang. A resounding crash as the roof above their heads fell in, and Zuko's being manhandled a second time as the Water Tribe boy wrestles him to his feet. Come on, we gotta go! There's a lot of running and shouting amid the screech of a very irate owl spirit. Zuko tries to throw some fireballs as they sprint, but it comes out as little more than a tiny spurt, which makes him scream in frustration. Why can't I bend? Why? He pauses to scoop up two sharp-looking sticks that roll around haphazardly in the debris, because at least he's got something in his hands, and they run some more. Are all your family murderous pyromaniacs? Sokka demands, panting, when their feet take them further, right to a corner where Azula waits for them with a wide smile. Because of course she does. Why is your sister trying to kill you? It runs in the family, Azula quips at him. We have a history of hurting each other. Isn't that right, Zuzu? Why, he's even got a mark to show for it. She covers the left side of her face mockingly. Sokka looked strangely horrified, but Zuko's too incensed to wonder why. He whirls around, snarling because, That's a low blow even for you. Why are you doing this? Azula smirks. Dear father's orders. She might as well have stabbed Zuko in the heart with mother's dao, because it breaks into pieces. You're lying! No, Azula always lies. Azula always lies! Azula smiles sweetly. But the last time I told you father wanted you dead, I was telling the truth, wasn't I? You didn't believe me. Look where we are now. I deserved it then, Zuko says curtly. It hurts, but like an honorable man, he will own up to what's left of his own tattered honor. There's a strange strangled noise from Zuko's left where the water tribe boy's standing, but Zuko doesn't spare him a glance. What did I do now? I have been nothing but loyal. Oh, but we both know that isn't true, blue spirits. Azula looks pointedly at the dual sticks in his hands, and her grin widens when Zuko flinches. Admiral Zhao informed your father of her humiliating loss in the siege of the north, Azula tells him grandly. Their family has always had a flair for the dramatics. A father knows of your selfishness and disloyalty that caused the Fire Nation to fail to capture the Avatar. No, I wasn't. I wouldn't. And he has decreed death as a fitting punishment. Amber eyes, both so much like and unlike mothers, gleam in anticipation. It makes Zuko want to scream. And I get to be the executioner, she sang. Isn't this just like old times? You're lying. Zuko feels like he's grasping at straws. He dearly wishes he had his flame daggers in his hands right now. Father wouldn't. Oh, Zuzu, Azula croons. You know father would. You know as well as I do that father never wanted you. He sent you on a wild chase for a myth for three years, after all. Shut up! Zuko shouts. He's never had a good retort to Azula. Just shut up! Azula shrugs. You've always been too fragile and weak to handle the truth, dear brother. Fine. She blasts a fireball at his feet. It throws him back, hard, into the wall behind him. Zuko gasps for breath, 
bringing one hand to protect his left and casting out his other senses. The soul bond is going haywire from Sokka's side, forcing Zuko to pay attention to it. Disbelief and shock and what the fuck radiates out. What's that about anyway? Leave, Zuko snaps at the idiot water tribe boy. Isn't he supposed to be smart? Get out of here. Sokka sputters. Uh, hello, soul bonded. Oh, right. Zuko forgot about that. And you call me the idiot? Shut up, it, it doesn't matter, Zuko says a little desperately. Azula's like Ozai. She doesn't care about collateral damage. He's got no real fondness for the Water Tribe boy. But Azula's after Zuko, not him. An innocent shouldn't get caught in the crossfire. Something in the Water Tribe boy's eyes shift. You have to get out of here. But their bickering is cut short when Zuko catches Azula gesturing in a horrifyingly familiar way that makes shivers go up his spine. She extends two fingers of both hands, circling them in a familiar pattern, and shifts her weight through the motions of her kata. Her fire is starting to look different. It arches and bends at strange angles, brighter and harsher than anything Azula had made before. Even if Zuko hadn't been able to feel the gathering static that makes his hair stand on end and the rising scent of ozone in the air, he would have been able to recognize that move anywhere, because he's seen exactly one person perform it, the person whose cold gold eyes and even colder voice haunt his dreams until now. Get down! Acting on instinct that now comes as naturally as drawing breath into his lungs or summoning flames to his fingers, Zuko tackles Sokka to the floor, away from the fracturing path of Azula's attack. Then they're both running again down Wan Chi Tong's library, or what remains of it anyway. How big is this place? Your sister can bend lightning? Sokka shouts, his tone bordering on hyperventilation. It's news to me too! Zuko shouts back. He darts between them to attempt another jet of fire as Sokka throws his boomerang. Zuko's flames come out a baby of what it could be, and he lets out a frustrated cry because of it. Zuko and Azula have done this dance before, chasing each other down corridors until Azula decided she was too old to be chased. But the crackling thunder that accompanies lightning is new. And... Why can't Zuko bend properly anymore? Why, why, why? Give up, Zuzu! Azula sings, once I'm done with you. That's when Sokka's boomerang comes whizzing back like it had all those months ago in that little village Zuko stumbled upon. Really, Zuko might have found it funny if the boomerang had hit its target. As it is, it very nearly misses Azula, but the thin trail of blood it leaves down her porcelain face sets her off in a fit of rage. Okay, now I can really see the family resemblance, Sokka quips. Not that it was hard before. You... Savage peasants! Her fingers draw around in that too familiar trail again, aiming straight for Sokka, aiming for the center of his chest. No! Zuko doesn't even think about it as he moves, right in the path of the blue arc. For a moment, there's nothing. Then every single one of his nerves fire, as if they're each screaming in tandem. Or maybe it's Zuko himself screaming as his body burns from within, like he hasn't already been dead inside for years. Or maybe... Zuko! Horrified ocean blue eyes is the last thing Zuko remembers, and somehow it's enough to soothe the gaping hole that is in his chest.